Welcome to Gross Anatomy. All right, let's do this. So, uh, are we live, Lauren? We're live, Dr. Cohen. We're live, Lauren. <laughs> From the car again. We're live with another edition of Doctors in Cars doing podcasts. Exactly. With Gross Anatomy. With Gross Anatomy Podcast, where we explore the sights, sounds, and smells of medicine and how it pertains to pop culture, movies, TVs, books, and the world around us. And today, we do not have a special guest, but you have us, your faithful hosts, Dr. Jason Cohen and Lauren Taylor. <laughs> Lauren, that was... That, I love your intro. That was perfect. So from now on... I thought you were going to say hi. I paused. Yeah, no, that was a great intro. I was just enjoying letting you roll in it. That was so much fun. All right. Well, you're and driving you, and it, you, so I'll And you changed it up a little. I loved it. <laughs> I'll take some I, more I off your it. plate since you're doing it. Yeah, you moved, you moved it around. I'm, I'm like randomly like driving into people and stuff, but I was really <laughs> enjoying... That was a great intro. I had so much fun listening. Such yeah. pride. Such pride. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Cohen, I wanted to ask you first before we get started into our medical news and what we're going to talk about today. We had just posted um, a video of you in a new, like, almost like a corporate workout shirt. Can you explain what kind of workout uh, you're doing at your office two times a day? Yeah, two times a day. That'd be amazing. No, two times a week. Oh, two so, times a week. Yeah. So there's this company um, that that one of my partners and I are actually involved in because we, we believe in it and think it's super cool. It's called Nizuna Fitness, N-U-Z-U-N-A, Nizuna Fitness. And it's uh, the principle is electromagnetic stimulation. Um, you know, you wear this suit that has all these different patches and zones of where it could provide stimulation. And it's kind of like a, uh, it's almost like a, um, not a scuba suit, like a, um, like a surfboarding, what a wetsuit. It's yeah, kind of like, 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 like a wetsuit. And, um, and there are a lot of different zones where it gives you the stimulation, uh, and it's controlled by, theoretically, you could do it yourself, but it's an instructor, um, who's, who's controlling the suit and the amount of stimulation you're getting. And at the same time, you're doing a workout. And what's amazing is is a few things. Um, the the big claim to fame, the the big claim of it is is that basically a 20 minute workout with that on is the equivalent of an hour workout, you know, without it, which is pretty cool, you know. So you only have to work out for 20 minutes. You got to sweat. It, it doesn't really work unless you're sweating, and you get these intense. You know, you could dial it up from minimal stimulation to intense stimulation. So it's working your muscles a little bit for you as you're working out. And it's not only good for, you know, muscle toning and strength. It's also good for kind of physical therapy and, and uh, you know, to strengthen muscle groups and things like that. So um, that sounds so cool. And that sounds real because at first it seems like fake because it's like, oh, it just like, you remember those things? Like I've only seen it in videos, but there was like, a workout machine that people just like put on their thighs and it just like shook your yeah. thighs for you. And I was like, That's not, yeah. you're not working out. You're not really doing much, but you're working out with the stimulation. Right. You're working out with it. You got to be sweating for it to work. Theoretically though, there, there are, there is, uh, there are people using it like 
small like little pads that you put on a certain part of the body and theoretically it will tone up you know if done often enough frequently enough it'll tone up you know the, the claim is that it'll tone up those parts of the body where you have it but there's an entire suit and it helps um you know work the whole body plus you're doing a workout um so we reached out to the company and we said uh, and i thought it'd be a cool thing to offer to our staff and we said if you'd be willing we'd, we'd be willing to you know show befores and afters and post you know work us out and we'll do it for 10 weeks so it's a 10-week challenge we actually are halfway through right now yesterday's session uh was the halfway mark we're, so we're dividing it into two groups it, it's only only about eight or nine of us are doing it in our office so you know we're in a big room in our office so we're we're um spaced out enough we're socially we're physically distant enough and they're working us out and uh uh half the group is going monday wednesdays and half the group is going tuesday thursdays i'm in the tuesday thursday group okay and uh and we'll see and and i really do feel you know my my joking goal although it's you know serious you know every, every time we joke to some degree, you know, there's truth behind it. So my joking goal is I want a six pack, you know, I haven't had a six pack since high school. Um, and, uh, believe it or not, I actually did. I saw a picture of myself. I did at one point in high school have a six pack and it wasn't a six pack of beer. I actually was in decent shape once upon a time. What kind um, of workout were you doing then? Just, uh, I played hockey. I played okay. hockey. Okay. Yeah. So, um, um, so, you know, during from 10th, 11th and 12th grade. So, I mean, we were in pretty decent shape back then. Right. It's unfair, though. Like you just work out as a kid, you work out just a couple of days a week at the most and you could have a six pack. You know, I've been working out for the last couple of years, at least five days a week, um, at least a half hour a day, ideally even more than an hour. And I still I'm nowhere near a six pack. So I'm hoping with this Nizuna fitness that, that maybe, uh, in another five weeks from now, I'll be closer than ever, uh, to possibly getting that six pack. I've wanted. You're going to have to let your audience know if this is something worth investing in or not. Yeah, I no, I, I, I do feel more tone and, and I haven't, and I'm still eating way too much. So I, I think if I stopped eating a little bit more, I, 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 be further along, but I, I definitely feel more toned. I, my abs do feel more toned, um, and my arms do. And so, you know, we'll see. I'm excited. We'll see what happens in five more weeks. I'm gonna soon, soon. You know, I'll be like all the other Instagram posters. You know, <laughs> topless, shirtless. You know, showing off my bikini beach bod. You know, so and then and then you know we'll go from our our you know we'll just be harassed by by followers. <laughs> Well, it looks like the rest of Instagram, where everyone's just in bikinis all the time. Right. The goal of Instagram is is to be in a bikini, I think, <laughs> I've realized. Yep. Uh, so you're on your way. Good. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. So I was doing a little, I, I saw in health news that Purdue Pharma, we had done a podcast about them. Remember, remember they're like, uh, the Sackler family owns Purdue Pharma, and they were, yeah. they're the makers of Oxycontin. And yes, so we, we talked went, about the opioid crisis. Yeah. yeah. And so since we talked about it, like everything, I feel like it's such a big deal for a while and always in the news and then it kind of disappears. Yeah. Um, but apparently there's 
uh, the Justice Department just like reached a deal with them where they have to pay like eight billion dollars, even though they're in bankruptcy. Um, wow! For yeah, what they did and eight billion with a B. With a B, and who knows? I mean, I think there's going to be lots of other lawsuits after this. I feel like most money from these settlements just goes to uh, lawyers and legal Lawyers. Teams. Yeah, for sure. But supposedly it's going to go to like different states to help with rehab programs, and I hope that really happens because that would be amazing, and rehab could be free for the people that really need it. Yeah, wow. But that, that part's unclear, and the Sackler family itself had to pay like, 226 million but there's a lot of people saying they have a lot more money offshores like billions of dollars offshores that they can't account for so i can't be sure about that but hopefully the drug rehab programs work because i also read and i didn't think about it because i haven't heard i mean i haven't been hearing anything about the opioid crisis because of all the political craziness that's going on these days and because of covid too yes but apparently the pandemic has actually made relapsing or drug overdose deaths worse. I didn't yeah. know this. I didn't think about it. I didn't put two and two together, but you know how COVID shut down a lot of like group things. One of those things was rehab facilities. And oh, wow. That's able, right. I didn't, yeah. And people, some people weren't a lot like able to get the help that they needed. Like they were referencing this one guy in Kansas who was doing better and couldn't get into his rehab facility, couldn't get into his like, programs that he normally was in and relapsed wow. instead. Wow. So yeah. we're on That's track to have yeah. overdose deaths again this year. Yeah, but it's it's not just the fact that rehab things are closed. It's just that because everybody's so socially unfortunately socially distant, you know, it, it's a mistake. We've talked about it before that everybody's saying you have to socially distant. That is such a mistake. We have to physically distant, but we actually the opposite of socially distant. We have to now more than ever not be socially distant. We have to be socially close. Everybody's, you know, because of of because of COVID, everybody's feeling so isolated, and you know, everybody's normal coping mechanisms are are all screwed up, are all over the place. So whether it's you know having contact with people. Or, or being able to go to the gym or whatever it is, people aren't able to do that and people aren't doing that. And, and that's the other reason why people are turning to, you know, you see all the funny posts on Instagram, you know, about how everybody's drinking wine and doing this and doing that. Yeah, there's a lot of fun in that and funny in that, but it's, it, unfortunately, the reality is, is that that's becoming everybody's coping mechanism. I actually talked to a good friend of mine who said, you know, with all this craziness, He's been on the, you know, drinking more than he normally does, and he's had some issues, and and it's it's um it's worrisome, and 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 again, we really have to stress that because because of the pandemic, because we are physically distancing, we have to make sure we're not socially distancing. I agree. And check on each other as much as you can. Yeah, because you're right. Just a lot of things close. A lot of people's normal behaviors or normal patterns, healthy patterns were disrupted. And yeah, they choose the wrong alternatives. Um, Yeah, it's sad. I, I did not know that, that we were on the path to having just as many Um, overdose deaths. Yeah, it's not a surprise. It's because 
and and we're probably seeing seeing it more and more in the young too unfortunately yeah because that's the thing like with because we talked about on our podcast like an earlier one when uh the uh, just about the Sackler family and how it had come to light you know about the whole Purdue Pharma thing and now this seems like kind of a a conclusion hopefully but I think or I assumed that maybe the opioid crisis would get better because it was so much in the news and people seem to be taking action against it and specifically Oxycontin, but I guess I'm wrong. I guess it's still out there just as prevalent. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think just because we talk about it, it isn't going to make it go away. I think, and especially with, with this type of situation, people need, you know, are turning to, to stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, Dax Shepard just talked about it on his show, I didn't actually listen to the podcast, but I read read it in an article. He uh, relapsed after 16 years of sobriety because he had shoulder surgery, and then he started, you know, medicating himself with uh, oxy. So I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't know if he talks about how he got it, but I'm like, how do you just get it? I mean, maybe his doctor gave it to him. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's the the one thing is is I I you know I still prescribe narcotics post op, but. I used to not even, you know, I used to just prescribe, you know, 40 automatically thinking patients needed it. And, and now I prescribe a lot less, you know, per, mm-hmm. um, but now, now I prescribe probably a third, um, a third of the amount that I used to, which mm-hmm. is interesting. And, and I think it's part, partly because we've made the, we've made the opioid crisis, you know, we've, be, we've become more aware of it. Yeah. So, I mean, you would hope that that would mean less deaths and drug addiction, but I, maybe that's just not uh, right now panning out. Yeah, I don't uh, think so. But what I had a question for you is we had talked about in the Sackler podcast about how it was sometimes hard for you because you have cancer patients that are, you know, sometimes unfortunately just like dying horrible deaths and they need pain medication. Is it still hard for, is it harder for you to prescribe to people who need it? Yeah, for you? sure. Yeah, there, there are so many uh, roadblocks put up now and, and just different hoops we have to jump through to prescribe narcotics, even in people who need it. In the olden days, we used to be able to just call it in. We could call the pharmacy and say, I need this medicine for that patient. Mm-hmm. Then, then you could fax over the prescription. Now you have to, they need, they will not give it to a patient unless they have an actual piece of paper prescription on them at the pharmacy, or now you could e-prescribe, but, but it's tedious and time consuming. Mm-hmm. It's a nice thing to be able to e-prescribe, but, but I put in the e-prescription, then I got to click boxes, then it got to jumps to my phone for a verification. I have to give a verification. So I have to have my phone on me, otherwise I can't e-prescribe. You know, it's, it's pretty interesting. That's a lot. Doctors deal with so much stuff. Besides just actually treating their patients. So, I mean, I mean, that's kind of the news I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to also talk about, since it's almost Halloween, some dark things that we're watching. And you had just said that your daughter watched Taxi Driver for the first time. Yeah, my 14-year-old. Is that crazy? But I was looking back. Actually, it's today. I was looking back to see what we posted a year ago. So you should repost it. Exactly a year ago, we talked. We we did. Uh, we talked about Joker because uh, mm-hmm. we Joker had just come out and we just watched Joker. And I went with my two daughters, who were then thirteen and fifteen, to see Joker. Um, 
and we, you know, had mixed feelings about it. We thought right. it was, you know, we thought it was amazingly done and all that stuff. Um, but the one thing we said, Joker had a lot of similarities to Taxi Driver, uh, a lot of them, um, just in terms of kind of the, the you know, a uh, uh, person, uh, you know, with similar kind of issues. Um, and De Niro was in both. Um, and oddly enough, coincidentally enough, my daughter literally just watched Taxi Driver. And I was both excited and nervous that she watched it. I was excited that she was going to be watching this amazing Scorsese film with De Niro and all these other great Jodie Foster. And I was excited in her film education as a big movie fan. But I was, you know, a little nervous at how disturbing a movie it is. Um, mm -hmm. Interestingly, we talked about it. She really liked it. And okay. she didn't think it was as disturbing as I thought it was. And, and probably Joker's even more disturbing than Taxi Driver. Mm, yeah. I mean, I would say they're, yeah, they're good levels of creepy, dark, psychological madness. Yes. The, the nice thing about the, the difference, I think, is that Taxi Driver kind of ended on an up note, you know, kind of somewhat happy happy ending you know he he didn't die yeah. and he actually became a hero and you know there's that cinematography how do you say it cinematography cinematography yeah well there's that moment when he's looking in the rearview mirror at the end of taxi driver and i should google what it means but he do you know what i'm talking about he has like the stare in the mirror and then changes his perspective and well, now I got to rewatch the end of it too. Yeah. yeah, and one could almost say like that marked in my mind that proved that he's going to be okay. And and uh, whereas in Joker, you definitely don't leave that movie thinking he's going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I really like Joker, but I think I agreed with you. Like the end didn't really you didn't need the extra killing at the end. You could just end with him with the not knowing that he probably made you know a hundred more Jokers. Yeah. What, what movie? So the question is, what movie should I have her watch now after, after, did I tell you the other two movies over the weekend that we watched were, um, two fun movies, Ferris Bueller's Day Off mm -hmm. and, and Risky Business. Which one did she like better? I didn't ask, but interestingly, they're both kind of similar movies. Uh, Risky Business. Yeah, that would, I don't know. <laughs> that would be a weird one to watch with your kid, I would think. No? It's, yeah, no, it was totally weird. I'm a bad dad. <laughs> it's totally not bad, bad though. Dad. It really isn't. Compared to, like, you, she's watching Euphoria. So I, it's like nothing yeah. compared to that. Right, right. And, and I did take her to Bad Moms when she was even way younger. So I'm a bad dad. No, I don't think you're a bad dad. It's okay. Uh, my, dad, my dad that. took me to Fight Club and it was like one of my favorite movies. So it's fine. Who knows? We oh, all maybe that'll be, maybe I'll take her to, maybe I'll have her watch Fight Club. It's, uh, I mean, that's, uh, we're talking about psychologically dark. Yeah. Uh, she likes that stuff. You know, she's into that stuff. Right. And then the other thing she just watched you know, because she's into American Horror Story. Uh -huh. And in American Horror Story, there's the actress Sarah Paulson, who's now, I think I'm saying her name right, who's starring in the new Netflix show. It's not that new anymore, 
Ratchet. Ratchet. I know. I still haven't watched it. I just don't know. I haven't either. Just just because One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is my favorite movie, this really doesn't have anything to do with that. So I don't know how I, I don't know if I'll like it or not. But my daughter, who's into American Horror Story, watched, guess what she watched last night? Nurse Ratchet. No, she watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, she did How'd she feel about that? I didn't get to talk to her about it yet. I'm excited to talk to her about it. Oh, yes. I, yeah, I think that's one of the best ensembles. And that's a, that's a great movie. Oh, you know what else is on Netflix that I always think is fantastic? Um, is uh, Zodiac. Have oh, yeah. It's long. Uh, so I don't killer, know how yeah. I feel about it. But it's really it's dark and it's a good movie. Nice. And we haven't finished yet. We still haven't watched the last episode of Utopia. What? You're not going to be out of it by now. You're probably not even into it anymore. I know, but we know we have to watch it. I'm on call this week, so it's been a little busy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll let you go back to your family. I know you uh, barely get to see them this week. So. Um, and I'm home sitting in the driveway. And uh, thanks for joining us on Gross Anatomy, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Hope you have a nice October week. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.